First of all, thank you, Pastor Virgil, and thank you, Ives family. It's, it's very special for us to be here. Um, gosh, it's hard to believe. It's been probably about five years, maybe six years, since we first walked in those doors. Um, and it's been a very special place in our hearts ever since that day has happened. And, and we thank God for all of you. Um, and we pray for you often as you pray for us. And, and believe you me, we have felt your prayers, especially this year. Um, so what I want to do today um, is share the scripture in Isaiah and share how God has really laid this scripture on my heart um, to share what not only what it means, but how we've seen the scripture play out through our lives this last year. And our hopes and our prayers is that it encourages you and it challenges you to refocus on God and continue on the path that he's laid out before you. And so I will be reading from Isaiah 43, 16 through 19, but, but before I do so, I just, I just want to go to God in prayer that he speaks through me and, and that he just calms my, my nerves a bit. So let's pray. Father, God, I just thank you. I thank you for this day you have blessed us with. I thank you for the opportunity that we can read and study your word. And God, I just ask right now you go before us and you open up our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us so that when we walk out those doors, we're, we're a step closer to who you are, Jesus, that we are being transformed daily, hour by hour, to be more like you, Father. Remove any obstacles that are stopping us to grow closer to you, God, right now in the name of Jesus, and just transform our lives. God, allow us to take what you speak to Isaiah and not just hear it and know it, but to apply it. God, and we lift up these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Isaiah 43, 16 through 19, it says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lay down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers and desert. See, at this point, as Isaiah is receiving the word from God, the Israelites are in exile in Babylon. The temple has been destroyed, the walls are down, and the Israelites have been enslaved for, for some decades now. And this is a major trial, is it not? A struggle and a hardship for the Israelites. Their faith in Yahweh is being challenged. Yet, God brings this encouragement to Isaiah to share with the Israelites. And is that not true for us today? Have we not faced many trials in the last year? Emotionally, physically, spiritually, maybe personally? But God uses this same word that he's sharing in Isaiah to bring us encouragement. And what I see God telling Isaiah is three specific things that I want to dig into today. Number one, that God wants us to recognize God's power to do miracles 
and that he can overcome any obstacle. The second is that God wants us to refocus on who he is. And the third one, that God wants us to see the new things and walk the path that God has made, even in the challenging times. See, as the Israelites and Isaiah are questioning why God continues to allow the Babylonians to rule over the Israelites, God is bringing his attention back to the times of Moses. In verse 16 and 17, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariots and horse, army and warriors, they lay da- down and cannot rise. They're extinguished and quenched like a wick. He's mentioning to Isaiah how he made a way through the Red Sea and how Pharaoh's army seemed strong, but nothing was too strong for God. And it's a reminder to Isaiah and to us as encouragement that God's mighty hand can overcome anything. That there's no physical barrier or no human threat that God is not in control of. And God reestablishes to us who he is in his great power. And see, in major trials and struggles, we tend to be more like the Israelites. We tend to question what God is doing. Our human nature tends to skew towards the negative. And we think the worst will happen. And that we begin to lose hope in the possibility of the solution And we begin to submit to our circumstances and thinking that they're impossible to overcome. And look, I believe Isaiah knew the miracles that God did with Moses in the times of Moses. But yet God had to remind him. And I believe we know the scriptures about God is a great overcomer. We know Matthew 19, 26. That says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, This is impossible. But with God, all things are impossible. Like, do we not see that on T-shirts and see it on coffee mugs? And And we know this, but we do not always apply it in our lives. And we tend to forget that God is the great overcomer. So instead of trusting in God, we tend to grumble and we tend to complain We begin to tell God how he should rule his creation. And I like to think of this. uh, This actually happened this morning. I did not plan on this happening this morning, but this happened this morning. It's like a child telling you how to parent them and how to raise them. This morning, my three-year-old son, Ezra, came to me and said, I want cookies for breakfast. And I said, that's not going to work for me. And the famous line of a three-year-old, why? Why? <laughs> and I told him simply, Ezra, I know what's best for you. <laughs> and it's the same thing with our relationship with God. We, we grumble and we say, God, why? why? Why don't you do this or why don't you do this? Why isn't this happening? And God said, that's not going to work for me. And we go to him and say, why? He says, because I know the plans for you. And he tells us that directly in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
Plans to give you hope for a future. And that's what I believe Isaiah was doing here in verse 16 and 17, reminding Isaiah of his mighty power and of his miracles, that he can overcome any obstacle, that he can overcome the Babylonians, and that he has done it in the past, and he can do it in the present, and he will do it in the future. And he reminds us of these things so that we can have renewed hope. And so I want to share it briefly. Two years ago in Honduras, we were seeing God's mighty hand move. And we were praising him. We seen spiritual growth in the students we were teaching. That instead of them saying, no, I don't want to share the gospel. No, I don't want to pray for, pray, pray for other people. They begin to do it on their own without us having to push them. And in the rec center, we've seen hundreds of people come to know the Lord. And we had a Bible study that transformed into a church this past February. We were praising God and we were moving and we were so excited. But then everything came to a halt because of the COVID. And it was a great trial in our lives. And it was a great trial within the ministry. And see, in Honduras, the COVID numbers aren't nearly as high as here. But the shutdown crippled everything. For three weeks, nothing was open. No grocery stores, no banks. If you were caught walking on the street, the police would pick you up and put you in a holding tank. And then, after three weeks, you could only leave the house once every 15 days, according to your identification number. And the ministry was shut down. The educational programs were shut down. The rec center, which is my heart, was shut down and is still shut down. We couldn't do any humanitarian aid, and the new church that opened two weeks prior, we had to close the doors. And oh, how quickly did I forget what God had done the year before. When it stopped happening, we began to complain. We began to grumble that things weren't like they were in the past. We began to ask that why. God, why can't you just open up? the rec center, or open up the school, or or why can't we just open up the church? We became like the Israelites. And we wanted to go back to the good old days when things were going well. We wanted to go back to the time where we were high on the mountaintop. And we wanted to avoid the valley. And I, like Isaiah, needed this scripture to be reminded that, that God is in control of everything. That God can do the miracles. That he is the great overcomer. But yet the scripture teaches us another thing I needed to be reminded of. I needed to make sure that I did not only focus on the things of the past, but I needed to refocus on who God was. And I believe this is what God is telling Isaiah in verse 18. Remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. Yes, God reminds us of his great works, yet God makes this point to Isaiah not to focus on the days of old because he does not want us to focus on what he's done in the past, but he wants us rather to refocus on who he is, our creator, our savior, our deliverer, our everything. And how many times... Do we do the opposite of this in our lives? 
that we get so focused and so wrapped up on the if onlys. If only God would do this. If only if God would do that, things would be much better. Or focus on the good old days. Like, what was life, remember what life was like without social media? Remember what life was like without social distancing or without masks? You know, the good old days were much simpler times, and they were the better days, right? We get so wrapped up and focused on that, we, but we lose focus on who God is in, our, in this moment. And we do this in our spiritual lives as well. We remember the first time we, we came to know Jesus Christ in our lives, and how we are filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, and how we are so excited to read our Bibles and, and to serve the Lord And then as persecution comes, as trials and struggles come, we begin to remember back on when we first came to the Lord and how good that was. Or even when we read the Word of God, we see all the exciting things Jesus does. We see the miracles of of Daniel, of David, and we said, oh, if God could only do those things. We begin to focus and worship on what God did in the past, and we forget to focus and worship of who he is in the present. And this is why God, Isaiah tells us, remember not these things so that we can focus on who he is right now. And see, there came a day when when I was grumbling and I was praying to God what I think he should do, and and I believe God slapped me upside the head. (laughs) And he said, Ryan, Am I not more important than the things you do for me? And he laid down the scripture before me, and my eyes were reopened. My eyes were refocused. In order to refocus my attention on him so that I can be used by him again. And what God is doing for Isaiah and and what I believe he did for us, or for me in verse 18 was telling me to refocus our eyes back on him so that we're able to see the new things God was doing and so that we can see the new way God is making for us even in the difficult times. And we read this in verse 19, right? Verse 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a new way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, God is doing new things all the time. But the question we need to ask ourselves is, do we see it? Or do we perceive it? Are we so distracted by the things around us that we don't see the things God are doing right in front of us? And Kelly and I have learned quickly And realize quickly in Honduras that as we take steps closer to Christ and as you take steps closer in your relationship to Jesus, that the enemy is going to do all that he can to toss things at you to be distracted, to lose focus. And I use this analogy with my wife um, because she has a hard time with me driving. Is that when we're going to a new place and I'm driving a car and we know where the destination is. And that we need to focus on that destination. But as we're driving, we look and say, oh, there's an ice cream stand. Or, oh, there's cookout. Or we're driving, oh, there's a billboard. Or or maybe there's a wreck or a dead deer (laughs) that we see. 
and we tend to become distracted and we stop and we become late to our destination or heaven forbid we get in an accident and never make it to our destination. And that's what the enemy wants us to do, to lose focus. But we must stay focused or refocus and see the new things God is doing. Furthermore, we need to realize that he is not only doing a new thing, but he is making a way for us to continue on his path. Even in times like this, when times are difficult, he will always make a way. He made a way for the Israelites in the, in the wilderness. And it says in the rivers and in the desert. And he will make a way for us in this pandemic and political and social unrest and persecutions. Whatever it may be, he will make the way when we refocus on him and not on the distractions. Once Kelly and I had this <laughs> revelation and we refocused on who God was, we began to see the new things God was doing within ministry. We began to write daily devotionals. So even though kids didn't have Bible classes, we hand-delivered them to them. So not only were the students continuing their walk with faith, but they began to share their relationship with Jesus with their parents. We began to see a new thing being done within families of our students. Because of partners in Christ like this church, we were able to buy 600 pounds of beans, 600 pounds of rice, 600 pounds of cornmeal for tortillas, of course, to feed over 2,000 families who were starving because of the lockdowns. But not only give them food, but give them the bread of life, the word of God, so that a new thing could be done in their lives and they could have new life in Jesus Christ. And even when the government shot, shot us down, you, you saw the picture of all the people lined up in front of the gates. On that very day, the government said, you can't do this. You can't give food because of the pandemic. And yes, we were discouraged, but we had that idea back in our mind. Refocus, Ryan. Refocus, Kelly. Focus on me and not the distractions. And God made a way to deliver food to different neighborhoods. And because of that, God did a new thing in church planning. There's a woman who walked three hours down because her village had no food. And at that point, we were out. But we said, we will get food to you. And we took food up to the, to the mountain. And, and you saw my dear friend Charlie preaching up there. And many gave their lives to Christ, probably about 50. Praise God. But not only that, they asked us to come back and to plant a church up there. And so God did a new thing. And that would have never happened if we continued to focus on the distractions and continue to grumble, complain of what God wasn't doing. See, it was us who needed to remember who he was, to refocus on him and to realize that he makes his plans possible for us to accomplish just in a different way. See, we, as we continue to read the scriptures in the Old Testament after Isaiah, we see as the Israelites refocus on God, that he made a new way for them to restore the temple, to restore the walls, for God's people to be restored back to God. And we see God continue to do new things in our, in our Bibles as Jesus came down, right? Right? 
and that he became the way so that when we refocus our eyes on him and not the distractions, that we will have new life in him and we will have our way to salvation. And so we praise God because he brought this revelation to us and we saw this scripture, Isaiah 43, 16 through 19, play out in our lives this year. And since then, since God revealed these things to us and since he played them out in our lives, we've been praying this over you as well. That you see God move in your life. You see his new things that he's doing in, his, in your lives. That if you are looking at the distraction, that you refocus your eyes on who he is right now and what he's doing right now because he is making a way. We've been specifically praying for these three points. That you remember that God can overcome anything. And that he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And that we've been praying that that you do not just focus on the things God has done in the past, but you refocus on who God is and what he's doing right now. And that you recognize the new things that he's doing in your life. And you see the way that he's making for his ultimate plan to be accomplished. And lastly, we're constantly praying that we all as the body of Christ are able to see his word continue to unfold in all of our lives. Let me pray. Father, God, I just praise you for this congregation and what you're doing here. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that if we have lost focus on who you are and what you're doing, Father, that you bring our attention back to you and refocus our eyes on you so that we can accomplish your great plan to share your gospel among the nations, to make your name glorified amongst all God's people, to share your glorious deeds amongst them. So, Father, strengthen all of us as the body of Christ to glorify you and to build your kingdom, to raise and equip disciples, to change a nation, whether Honduras or the United States or wherever it may be. Father, strengthen us and use us for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all. God bless you.